Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Hey guys. Hello, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Enjoying the fall. Yeah, well, almost for us. Uh, we're in the middle of the fall when this True. one's out. Thanksgiving for us is next week. Next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably be, what, December when this comes out? Mm, close to Christmas? Closer to Christmas, at least. Th- yeah. yeah, in December. Uh, because, yeah, next week we have the episode before this one coming out. That's true. And if you haven't listened to our holiday episode from last year, <laughs> highly we, recommend that one. We, you can do that. Yes, we're not going to have another one this year. No. no. No, no, that was a unique situation. It was. Um so episode number 83. Three. Yes. Approaching the 100. Approaching the 100. And interesting topic kind mm-hmm. of tied to some current Events, unfortunate, unfortunate events. So today we're going to talk about uh, politics and war. And the relationship between the two things, how they relate to each other. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that it's probably going to be a difficult one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> to do, is. like we always do. Always is. Uh, but, yeah. So where should we start? Should we start with... Okay. Um, I think that when you talk about politics, it's interesting because there's a distinction between the the everyday politics, yep. what that means. Mm-hmm. There's even like a metaphorical meaning of it versus the more technical meaning. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about the everyday, I think two things comes to mind. One is more general. One is more specific. The probably obvious answer you'll get which happens to be the more specific one in the mm-hmm. set i'm talking about is that it has something to do with the dealings of government yes like oh the president and congress and blah blah, blah this stuff happening on the news that's politics right mm-hmm. and then the more general explanation i think you'll get for someone is the idea that it's like administrative stuff or yeah. bureaucratic things like all oh, the politics of the department or it's like oh it's all political yeah yeah and neither of those things seem to necessarily define mm. uh what this thing is maybe right They're or definitely or, narrow i would they, say yes or, or maybe they both do on a very narrow scale um i was wondering so when we started talking about this we were talking about the goal of it, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think it's what politics is one of those things that can definitely be defined that way. So mm-hmm. we can start with with what he does, what is that we're trying to achieve with these things that we call politics, and maybe from that we just get to the definition. Because historically it can be defined in many ways. Like it's the administration of stuff as you were saying. Mm-hmm. It is just a specific kind of being social right? Mm-hmm. There might be a, a specific way of being social. But I think that one of the interesting thing is like, how do we define better? What do we think we're doing when we're doing politics? Aside from the specific 
incarnations of it, specific embodiment of it, right? The specific government, the specific nation, or whatever it is, those concepts are tied to the concept of politics necessarily, right? Mm. But is there something beyond that? What is the scope? What is the goal of politics in itself? Is there a specific goal? What are we trying to do, right? Is there something more to just this narrow administrational stuff? Yeah, I think politics is an interesting concept because it does seem to have a goal-orientedness built into it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not a purely descriptive thing. Um, Politics is always in order to. It should be. Right? So, like, it's an activity. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a function. And I'm wondering if this is good or bad. What I'm going to say is if we take even a more slow motion approach Mm -hmm. and before we get to the goal is like object in a more broad sense, like what even is the type of thing that politics deals Deals with? with. Yeah. And that is a good question. I would say, um, any thoughts? What do you think? I'm just the social aspect. Okay. Uh, probably the simplest necessary condition we can go to. There is no politics of the individual, unless you have multiple personalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least not in any conventional sense. Right. There's no politics in the individual. Politics says, as his object, you're saying, the collectivity? Or at least at a least group? A group. Yeah, the interrelations between people. How is that different from ethics, would you say? Okay, I think this is where we, we probably have a little bit of a different okay. view. Um. So I think, from my experience, there's two ways of looking at political... By the way, do you think politics and political philosophy, for all intents and purposes... Are the same thing? Yeah. No. No? No. I think that political philosophy is what we're doing now, Mm -hmm. or politics is the act of doing whatever it does. Okay. But we can can put them together right now. It's fine. So I think that... Two sides of the same coin. The difference between ethics and politics or political philosophy is that uh, better moral philosophy and political philosophy to keep it parallel. I think moral philosophy is the broader category. Okay. And I see political philosophy as being a subset of moral philosophy dealing with certain moral questions. Uh, so moral philosophy as a, a broader category would ask these things like what is right mm. and what is wrong? Um, should we act for the sake of ourselves or for the greater good or according to principles or according to intentions, right? Like the general mm-hmm. like meta-ethical stuff. And then within that, you can kind of zoom in and see how those uh, questions apply to questions pertaining the use of force as it relates to interrelations between people. And that is the scope of political philosophy. Force is involved. That's my view. So I think there's two general views of political philosophy, and one is the one I'm saying that concerns force and therefore governmental things. Mm -hmm. And then there's another view, which I think is your view, which is a view that me and Claire encountered a lot in grad school, uh, which to kind of joke, my joking way of talking about it is, ev- is politics is everything. Okay. And uh, more broadly, social philosophy. 
So I'm guessing is your view of political philosophy is social and mine is limited to government social. So I think that there are differences between the the, the views that we have. Um, are you, I'll tell you what I what I think and you tell me if this is what you, what you mean by the, the social view. So first of all, there are two ways of saying this. One is more extreme, right, if you want. One is more like... Um, how can we say it's more of a shock value to it mm -hmm. and another way of saying it which I think it does a little bit more justice to it one way of saying the way I think is like there is no such thing as moral philosophy mm -hmm. right there is political philosophy and then there's some things that we call moral philosophy that's part of it so the opposite of what I just said exactly okay but to the point of saying it's really just a matter of of name right but there's no such thing everything is political philosophy but this is true up to a certain point. In if we wanna, if I wanna characterize what I think a little bit better, I probably should say that political philosophy is the larger category, definitely, and that deals with a specific. How can we say? Not necessarily question, but the, with a with a specific dichotomy, and I'll tell you what that is in a second. And within the larger thing, there's. There are some special cases of it. There are what we call moral philosophy that deal with specifically what's good and what's bad, what's good and good, what's evil, what's right and what's wrong, uh, what does it mean to be good and all those things. But it's narrowed by the amount of people that are involved in the calculation. Mm. Meaning that if you want, at moral philosophy is political philosophy for the individual. Well, instead, political philosophy deals everything that has to do with relationship between individuals, if you want. That becomes political philosophy. Mm -hmm. But that even that is not necessarily 100% true because I think that good and bad, good and evil, um, right and wrong are special cases of this larger thing that is this dichotomy between friend and enemy, mm. which seems to be really what politics is all about of establishing this relationship between friend and enemy so in a sense i think it's similar to what you're saying because there is a certain relationship does not always um what can we say um that sometimes uses force within political philosophy mm -hmm. that is absent or quasi absent in moral philosophy Okay. There's no coercion there, if you want. Well, within political philosophy, there is some form of coercion. But okay. I think that that's a special case. So we have some similarity being that. Mm -hmm. Think about force slash threats or mm -hmm. slash yeah, coercion. That's part of it, yep. The difference, though, is the political philosophy as being a subset of ethical philosophy versus ethical philosophy being a subset of political philosophy. Yeah. And... You have the the quote unquote politics as everything, or everything is politics, and then so is, was that what you were? Would you? Yes. Meant? Okay. Yes. Okay. And I, uh, I would not subscribe to the the everything is politics. Why field. not? I mean, I, I'll tell you what I think from okay. my side. It's like I'm not trying to say, just to be clear, that everything that we do is political in a sense, mm -hmm. um, which I. There are people. There are. There are. So okay. So maybe it's not fair to put you in that category. Then, if mm -hmm. you're explicitly saying that, no, I don't think that that's what I'm. Th what I'm thinking. I'm thinking okay. that whenever there are, whenever we're dealing with 
my relationship being contemptuous or or non-contemptuous with somebody that's in my group or in another group. Mm-hmm. Only in those cases we're doing politics, right? Well, instead, when I'm trying to discipline myself as an individual, that's when I'm doing ethics. But there are plenty of things that are not part of neither of these categories that we do in our lives, right? It's like neutral. Yeah, there are a bunch like- of things that are not politically charged or ethically charged. That's interesting. So I want to answer the question you asked, and I'm wondering if, funny enough, asking other questions will kind of get us there. Like, okay, the quote-unquote non-political action, what might be an example of that? Me going for a walk? Sure. Right? And there are people that would say that that is also a political thing, right? right. Because you walking rather than taking the car, the the relationship you get with nature, this, and even that. the the walking. Uh, uh, I always forget uh, the the philosopher. Oh, uh, Claire studied in one of her classes. The idea that, like, even when you walk, because you're walking in accordance with like a municipal plan. Yeah, you you just yeah embedded in politics. This is always political, yeah. right? Um, which I don't. I don't think. I don't think that um, cooking dinner, right? That some people might say, "Oh, since there's family dynamics involved, that's political." But, but that is like stretching the word "politics" to a point that doesn't mean anything anymore. Okay. And this is why I don't subscribe to that. Okay, so we're both in that view. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't I subscribe to the broader view of politics? That was your question, right? Mm-hmm. I think for the same reason you don't subscribe to the everything is politics view. Okay. So I just go a step further, I guess, and and think that um, if we expand it uh, beyond questions pertaining to institutional force, maybe you want to call it, then it, it, it kind of is almost like a slippery slope into the everything is politics thing. Okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, and it I, helps us differentiate, I should say, between the ethics that is politics and the ethics that is not politics. So I I think that my, to be more precise, the question is, why do you think that ethics is the larger category? Okay. I'll give an example. Using drugs... Using <laughs> drugs, period. What kind? Any drug. Um, legal, legal, that doesn't matter. Like, let's say you have someone selling a drug X, like, I don't know, pick something really bad, like heroin. Okay. Um, you can have an ethical view mm-hmm. on that that doesn't necessarily imply a a political view or a, a view with regard to institutional force. Like, like legislation. Like about. legislation. So maybe the word I haven't said yet is something like law. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could think that, for, just for example, if I'm, I'm like maybe selling heroin isn't immoral. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I might say I think it is immoral, so that would be the ethics, mm-hmm. but quote-unquote I don't think it should be illegal. Okay. And that would be the political claim. Okay. So I think this helps distinguish between the personal slash interpersonal views with regard to how I associate with people and what I value, and, and that would be the ethics, versus the view with regard to the use of force by means of legislation, 
which would be the the political view to me. So two things important, interesting here. I think the first is the fact that you associate almost completely the use of force with politics, right? And by force, you mean legislating over something or just legislative uh, force? Because okay, obviously, yeah. if people get into a fight, that's yeah. yeah. Well, I and again, well, I would say that the general category that, and it's not my idea. Actually, it's it's that's not necessarily kosher. Uh, kind of philosopher that says this. Uh, his name is Carl Schmidt, mm-hmm. um, German philosopher. Like not a good person at all, but mm. uh, interesting information there. Uh, that comes up with this idea of politics is the domain of this friend and enemy relationship, right? Uh, well, I think that I think that that is kind of the general principle, and within it, then we have different ways of dealing with it. But it's not necessarily about not all politics. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can see that all politics is force. There is use of force in, po- in politics, definitely. Mm-hmm. But to me, when I think of ethics, I think of self-imposed stuff. Okay. While the politics stuff is, yes, I'm self-imposing me myself with some things, like at the very beginning maybe of it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm also directed by something else or someone else right and is that something larger than the individual i'm yes i'm under the impression that while i can judge you politically and i'll if necessary i'll tell you what i mean by that i don't think that i can judge you ethically and it's not hmm. i'm not not, I'm not becoming a relativist all of a sudden. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the act, and probably this is the biggest difference, that when I think of these two things, I think of the act of doing these two things. Well, rather you're thinking of the categories as almost fields before. As domains. As domains rather than actions. Because I think that in order for you to engage in ethical activities, in being ethical, right? Being more, trying to be moral or immoral, whatever we're talking about, right? And being in the realm of ethics has to do with the way you conduct yourself mm-hmm. and the way you judge yourself first and foremost. Okay. It's about you. I always tell the students this. In ethics, we don't tell you you should behave this way. But the question is, like, how should I behave, right? It is how should I behave? Uh, hmm. To the point that it's independent. If somebody is looking at me or is not looking at me, right? So should I take this that is not mine? And ethics doesn't care if there is somebody looking at you or not. The right thing to do is independent from someone else's testimony, right? Well, with politics, I think it's it's literally we're talking about what's public. What's out there, and all that matters is, you know, the relationship with other people and what other people do. It's it is about the way we behave in public. Mm-hmm. There is no there is no personal politics. We were saying before, right? So this means that there is a political judgment that can be made, um, and then when you're doing politics, you're doing politics with the others in mind at all times. So this is very Aristotle. I guess. Right? Sure. So I, most I wonder, likely it's, the most guy likely, is, is like in there. I wonder if this is one of the areas where I'm not as in line with Aristotle as you are, which is very few areas apparently. <laughs> um, 
but it's it's not like I, I don't I don't think that that's thoughtful or anything like that. I was trying to think of another example to help convey maybe mm-hmm. the point I was trying to make, and I was thinking of Mill because I'm doing Mill in one of my classes right now, and the other day we did utilitarianism, which is an ethics, yeah, and the next class we're doing on liberty, which is a political Public. philosophy, yeah. right, and so. You have utilitarianism, which in general is this ethical theory that says one should act in ways that maximize happiness for the the greatest amount of people, Mm -hmm. right? The greatest quality, the greatest quantity, and all that stuff. And that's a general principle. Definitely. And and you could act for for that sake in many different types of actions, both political and non-political. Whereas... You look at on liberty, and he's trying to kind of create a, a a legal governmental system that best actualizes that more general utilitarian ethical philosophy. So this is one of the reasons why I don't like utilitarianism, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that if we really look at what Mill is doing in utilitarianism, right, I think that you would agree that what he's trying to figure out is how one individual subject should behave in order to achieve whatever goal, right? I'm not concerned with the goal right now, mm-hmm. but it's about your individual stuff. You know, would you agree that Mill is all about how one individual should behave rather than, than you know... In me- utilitarianism specifically. Yeah. Because I want to say that even that is still like about your responsibility, Right. The prince, you're supposed to follow the principle of utility, right? Because that's yes. the right thing to do. Yeah, this is the right thing to do. One should, One should behave in this way. And the result of it, right, the result of this, you should do that because maybe benefits the greater good, which in turn mm-hmm. leads you to live the good life, to happiness. And everyone else. Uh, that's what I was going to say, and the, everyone, the everyone else. else part. And everyone else as well. Mm-hmm. But that is like almost the result of it. And with utilitarianism, it's like so difficult because you cannot take the result out of it because mm-hmm. the result is part of the calculus, right? Right, right, right. right. But the, what I'm trying to say is there's always your specific action. You are evaluating what you are doing mm-hmm. independently almost from what other people are doing, right? Ethics is always a calculation where I don't care what you do. I'm doing the right thing. And the right thing is, in the case of the principle of utility, maximize whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, with politics, is like, no, no, I do care what you do because what you do involves everyone else and there is no private action that you can make, right? I think that the best way to show the difference for me is like to look at Kant on one side mm-hmm. and then any political philosopher on the other side, really. Okay. <laughs> or even Aristotle, right? The virtues. It's like about developing my character. I should do that. It's me. It's beneficial to me. It's uh, over content. It's like even better. I have a duty to act in a specific way. I don't have to look at what comes after. No consequences. Right. No nothing like right. that. That is what it is all about. So the scope of ethics is like this narrow self imposition of principles that will make me uber rational therefore mm-hmm. more of a human being than than anybody else while with political stuff it's always about more than you okay and i think i see 
the difference now. Um, the reason you're saying politic, uh, political philosophy is the greater category is because it involves everyone. Yes. So this, like the circle is everyone, mm-hmm. and then ethics is just about the me. So mm-hmm. that's the smaller circle. Yes. Whereas I am looking at it as ethics involves the the sum total of individual Correct. actions. One of those individual actions is the smaller circle of political individual actions. Yes. So the locus of <laughs> the domain. That's really interesting, huh? But okay, so it seems like the commonality, which, which I don't think that we are that far apart. At the end of the day, I it might this might be one of those verbal disputes, actually. It might be, because I think the relation you are saying is a correct relation. I guess I just wouldn't say that's the metric by which yeah, we determine yeah. what's more broad. So maybe it's a verbal dispute. Okay, so we, that was fun. We did nothing. <laughs> um, uh, one similarity <laughs> between what we're saying is. Whatever it is, it involves a certain relation between individual yes. and other, or individual and community. The products thing? Individual and... C- maybe? <laughs> maybe? Okay. Maybe. I'm wondering if this relation posed it that way still gives us the impression that you're kind of entering... This realm of politics from the outside, while in reality hmm. you're doing politics where you already are in the community. It's not the relationship between one individual and the community, but it is the relationship between individuals in, in the, the community. community already. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I think that the moment you, the social contract, if you want, is the moment where you enter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as considering where we are historically right now, it just it's already it's there. already there. Right, right. You, so you're not entering. Like it, it's the we with politics, we are analyzing. If you want with political philosophy, we're analyzing the relationship amongst individuals. Sure. Certain, not not all relationships mm-hmm, among mm-hmm. individuals, but some very. Okay. Some specific relationships. Among so to use a metaphor, like if the community is um, an organism, yeah, the organism had different parts. Yes. These are the individuals. Yes. And so uh, politics is about how the parts of the community interact both uh, in relation to one another and in relation to the whole. Yes. Okay. Politics is like general medicine. It's like general medicine, okay? Where you just look at, like holistic medicine, where you look at the old things together and then the separate way in which those things relate to each other. So it's... The different systems relate to each other. So is it the the way components of a community act qua community? Like, does it have to be what they do in relation to the whole always, or could it also be in relation to themselves, not in the, the larger... I want to say the first one. Okay. Okay. And also, there's another level, which is the relationship between communities ah, as whole. Sure, sure. Right, so. Okay, so. Because otherwise we just isolate So what it. types of actions get thrown in here? So you you did say that force was one of the ones that you think is part of it. Yes, but I, I, I'm just curious to uh, to see what you, what you mean by force specifically. Okay. So when you talk about law. Um, I suppose there's a number of, of different ways to understand what law is, but mm-hmm. you know, if you asked me to try and explain what I thought a law was, 
Um, it's something like I'll say something funny. Okay. An, uh, an opinion with a gun. <laughs> okay. Um, it's something like a a rule. Okay. That is supposed to govern someone or some people. Yeah. Uh, for a specific purpose. Okay. That is enforceable. Yes. By this entity that has a monopoly on making the rules. on making laws and enforcement, and is therefore subject to punishment. And that's the force part. That's the punishments, the force part, but also the, the threats, the threat, and the enforcement, and, and and the fact that there is even a monopoly in the first place, like all of that. Okay. So so it necessarily involves something like a state. Maybe it's not a capital S state, but it's state or quasi state. I would say. But politics involves necessarily laws. In this view that I subscribe to, okay. uh, I would say yes. There's no politics without laws. Which is is not to say I don't understand the other view. I perfectly understand the other view. I just think in practice I, this one makes more No, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I'm, I'm actually you know, thinking, is it like – is it possible to have – a political community, let's call it right now, mm. that doesn't have any laws, or does it become political the moment the laws are enforced? So a group of friends that are doing something. Uh, so if there are if there are no legal, if there is no state, you're saying there is no there is no politics and there is no law, and I can see that why then you're thinking that. Politics yeah. is this narrow thing. Yeah, it seems to be uh, where there is pure voluntary action that is like the antithesis of law. And the antithesis of politics. Because that's, the, that's because that's how the syllogism would work. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that I think that that's the thing that I don't subscribe to. Because okay. I think that there might be, that there are... Uh, spontaneous not spontaneous not coerced action that someone can can indulge in mm-hmm. that are still political so that that will not so what would be an example of that because we both agree that laws are political sure, right definitely so this means the whole legal system the idea of like judge and Justice stuff, definitely. and the government and all the different branches. Like this is all political. Oh, be, be really difficult to deny that. I right, think. right. Okay, so what is what are these things that exist outside of that that you think are still political in nature? Think of you know even protesting, right? Mm-hmm. Even just you know expressing political opinions mm-hmm. uh, or doing something just because you want to do it that has a political meaning. Um, okay, aren't those things like kind of? Still political? Yeah. Yes. I think my response would be something like, but notice how... They're in relation to... to yes, us, they're in course. relation to... I'm trying to figure out, to, to think of an example that it's more clear-cut than... And it's, it's becoming increasingly more difficult because we have legislated pretty much over mm. anything that is possible to legislate. But think, let's imagine that there are no environmental laws, right? Mm-hmm. And yet I make a decision with you, me and you own a, uh, a factory, um, and we decide that we don't want to pollute the ocean. So we decide to spend 
a little bit more money to put those filters so that our wastewater has less phosphorus in it. Okay. And we don't do this because there is a law. We don't do this because it's even legislated, which things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Things like this happened before the EPA, right? Or anything like that. That is a political action that has nothing to do with laws. Okay. So Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you would say uh, voluntary transactions, like contracts, not enforceable by the state still are political? Well, that depends on the transaction. That involve not just the, the two individuals involved, but that involve the community. Because obviously the, the, fa- the fact that we decide mm-hmm. not to pollute, that is a... Uh, how can we say there is a repercussion not just on the relationship between me and you, but it has a repercussion to everyone, right? To everyone, right? So I, only this kind of things. This is interesting because um, I was gonna, I was gonna say I, I obviously agree that there could be contracts outside the state. Of course, we, we do it all the time. Yeah, I can sell you a car. Oh, right. Not even that. You, you can borrow my pen and anything. Yes. Yes. yes Every little thing like that. But you're saying specifically the ones that affect. Is that are those enforceable? By the state? By anyone? Not necessarily, no. If they're voluntary, it's completely voluntary, right? Again, Mm -hmm. think of something that there's no law for it. Mm -hmm. And the people do it just because they think that this is, you know, their political statement, if you want, that has to do with with the community at large. That has to do with, oh, I do this and this as a... uh, Again, a good repercussion, if you want. I don't want to use the word consequence. Uh, to the whole society, this could be one. Uh, deciding not to, I don't know, as a political statement, not to consume something. Mm-hmm. You do it. You don't partake in the social media stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not enforceable, but that's a political statement. Or like, I don't eat fish yeah, exactly. or something like exactly. that. Those are political statements. They're not enforceable or enforced by anybody. You're, you are doing mm. this. And it's, not, and it's different from the ethical things because the ethical things is about I don't want to do this because this is best for the you know the greater good uh, of the of the human race or this is my duty to do that. I think that the duty things is more makes it more clear. Mm. It's my duty not to eat fish. No, you're not eating fish because this has political connotation. This is to do with society. This is to do with the ocean. Without this kind of fish will function less and then mm-hmm, the community mm-hmm. will suffer because of this. Okay. So and I know it's like it's not simple. No, no, it's not. I, I think there's probably more I think we're probably hair splitting. Hair splitting <laughs> as we often do. So like I'm wondering within the ninety eight percent of the Venn diagram <laughs> where there is overlap. Yes. Um what like what are some common concepts within politics? So you mentioned earlier friend and enemy. Yeah. Maybe could you talk sure. a little bit about that? Sure. It's this idea that politics exist only if there is conflict. Mm. So this and com- uh, politics is the is the is the activity of delimitating these two groups, mm-hmm. the groups of people that you that are your friends, which is your group. And the group of people that are your enemy, and you kind of build the public space, if you want, the public sphere. You build just on this dichotomy. There are certain things they are allowed, and that you do when you're with your friends, with the people that it's part of your group, 
and that there are certain things, the same things you cannot do with those people. Oh, Schmidt says that the politics exists only and only if there are enemies mm-hmm. involved. Without enemies, there is no politics. If there was, he specifically says, if there was just one government, one state, uh, one empire, right, that pacifies everything, that well, everybody lives under the same rules, all the same, uh, the same way of, of being, under the same laws, if you want, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's no politics anymore. Politics disappears. Politics exists only when there is conflict. I'm wondering how uh, or better, or if there is the op- the possibility of conflict. Possibility. I was wondering how broad or narrow the the enemy category would be, because I'm thinking of Nietzsche uses this dichotomy of like creditor and debtor. Okay. And I'm wondering if that is kind of simple because it creates like almost like an antagonistic or like a weird power dynamic. So is the idea that with friends and enemies, it's a it's a difference with regard to the power dynamics? Uh, Schmidt talks specifically on the fact that your enemy is your existential threat. Mm. He's very specific about this, mm. meaning that politics exists as long as there is a group that really threatens your existence, if not physically, culturally, or whatever. As long as there's a there's a group that can, you will call an enemy a group that is threatening your way of life, if you want, we would say today, and your life, and or your life, at least potentially. Mm. So it includes like the metaphor metaphorical existence not just my life yes it includes like your 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 way of life hmm. so let's say there is somebody that's not going to come and kill you but that however it will take away everything that you it will take away the way in which you you do things normally uh for example if somebody will come here and will establish laws that will will say that you have to bow Mm-hmm. Every time you see the department chair and uh, you have to um, eat some specific, you have to eat centipedes and uh, you have to, <laughs> and that uh, you have to, um, I don't know, get rid of your kids uh, as soon as they turn five. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not killing you, right? And by the same time, your your economy prospers, you're still rich, you still can do all the other stuff, but they, they modify your way of life in a way that you don't recognize it anymore, that's like contrary to what you really believe and you want to do, that's your enemy. So is it like behavior alterations that you do not consent to, to consent to that come from the top down? I suppose I shouldn't say top down because that requires a formal institution, but, but rather this kind of like... Somebody will take over and make you do things that you would not otherwise do, that your group... That your group... This, if somebody comes to say you can live exactly the same by from now on, incest is the rule of the, the law of the land. Mm-hmm. You got to do you do, you need to commit what we would say incest at all times. Like I'm taking away your total autonomy. Yes, and that is my yes. enemy. Yes, whoever Who takes autonomy from me again, existential threat, like physical and mm. cultural. Let's put it this way. So Schmidt was a Nazi, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is interesting, though, because I'm thinking of di- like the different ways we use language today. Um, and I'll give a really simple example, <laughs> which is like like a teenager and a mom. Yeah. 
where the teenage is like, I want to do X. And the mom is like, no, you can't do X. Mm-hmm. And then the teenager either has to alter his behavior, which is already there, mm-hmm. maybe meets the criteria for enemy, mm-hmm. um, or do it and then get punished for it, which is in itself an alteration of my actions and mm-hmm. then then become enemy. But they're in this, they share the same values, though, right? The mother and the son. Hmm. That is the thing that's different, I think. It's not just, I'm not your enemy if I, if I give you a ticket for spitting. Because we're still sharing the same kind of... So within a culture, there can't be enemies. Exactly. Uh, well, they can be internal enemies. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I was analyzing, and, and we don't need to necessarily talk a lot about this. Within... There was a lot of talk within the two parties in the United States about the other party being the existential threat for the other one, the specific way of life for Just the other one. Just this past uh, week, yeah, yeah right, yep. right. This is they're going to come and they're going to take away your way of life, mm-hmm. and the other side the same thing, right? Um, so that is possible, and if we start perceiving people within the same community as existential threats, Schmidt will say that's when civil war happened. Mm. Right. That's so it could come from the inside. It could come from the inside. Okay. But, but because they don't share the same values anymore, right? right, right. The values are so different that it seems like that you talk to somebody and they just completely almost unable to, which happens, completely unable to understand what you're talking about. Like, how is it possible? I have had multiple people telling me something. How is it possible that person X or group X doesn't understand that this is the right thing? Right, right. Right? And then becomes like, the bifurcation becomes larger and larger so, and larger. So difference. Yeah. Right? Difference is kind of in, the... In fundamental values. In fundamental so. values. Okay, so friend and enemy in that sense is one political concept. Absolutely. Um, another one, which is the one that I've mentioned, is this idea of the state. Yes. Of formalized government. Correct. Um, what is your take on this as it relates to the quote-unquote political... Meaning, if if it's part of it, of course. It's, well, it's, what exactly is it? Like, I wonder if we have the same. What's a state? Yeah. Um, it's just the formal way in which we decide within a specific community the way in which we organize ourselves. That's I, I would say I would call it that way. Okay. It's just it's what we call the rules that we have made and decide to enforce. Okay, and. The state could be as narrow as like a dictatorship. That counts, right? Sure. It could be an aristocracy, uh, even some kind of epistocracy, even democracy. Sure. Right? Uh, I have two related questions. Would you consider a pure democracy a state, not a democratic republic? Like direct democracy? Like direct democracy. I would say so Athens was a city state mm. I would think yes too for the for the for the reason being that um if people vote on something and you're not in the majority it's something is being forced on you you yes you yes so okay in a sense yes so huh okay so democracy can never actually be anarchistic. Demo- no. 
I'm, I don't know what you what you're saying specifically, but I would think not. Well, I guess I'm saying, could there be such a thing as democracy outside of the state? No. Okay. No. The well. Do, do you, so I, one of the reasons I'm asking this is because there's the next question I was going to ask is if uh, anarchistic society would be a political society or not, and you would say it's political, mm-hmm. right? Because there's those communal relations and they're concerned yes. with it, the whole. Um, but it is by definition not involving the state, right? Yes, oh, no. he's making a funny thing. Okay, yes, this no. is interesting. So, like, what is the difference between anarchistic worldview, not worldview, let's see, anarchistic political view, society, mm-hmm. and then state society? Well, first of all, and you know this better than I do, there's like some different versions of it, right? There's the individual anarchist, there's the collective anarchist, yeah. and so on. So, and I guess I'm wondering if they have something in common that makes them all anarchistic. Or if some of them aren't actually anarchistic? That I don't know. I The only thing that I know is that the, the collective anarchism, right, is just a different form. I think it ends up being a different form of a state. Of a state, okay. Um, where you, are, you have less ties, if you want, mm-hmm. with the others, but still are in relations with others, and there are still rules and laws and stuff like that that work. Mm-hmm. They're enforced differently, maybe, right? While the individual, individualistic, if you want, anarchism, the the Stirner one, mm-hmm. or I, I always associated that with a more of a utopic form mm. that is now. I don't think you can fully realize that. I think almost presupposes some form of Hubermensch uh, in order oh, to in order to exist. Interesting. Okay. So as long as there is some group and this group has dynamics that are enforced. They're agreed upon. They're agreed upon. And enforced by someone that is not necessarily – it doesn't have to be a policeman, right? Right, right. We can enforce it. Even even like responsibility, reputation. Yes. Okay, so what are we trying to do? Right, like so, we started out being like, "What's the goal?" And then we slow mode to, "What is the object?" And so we've said there's these several concepts, and mm-hmm. there, of course, there's ones we didn't mention, like yeah. justice, uh, equality, freedom. Are, so, are these objects of politics now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to say, like, is this part of whatever that goal is? I don't know. I don't think that politics is necessarily. So those concepts end up being political mm-hmm. today. They weren't always political. There's no talk of equality in Greece. Right. Maybe because it's obvious that the Greek man is the one that mm. that does certain things and everyone else doesn't. So there's, not, there's no feel for that, for equality there. And I don't know if, in all honesty, I don't know if the goal of politics is to achieve justice, equality, or whatever else. Um or if we're just asking too much hmm. of this 
field or whatever you want to call it, institution, whatever we want to call it. Hmm. We're asking too much by asking to regulate this aspects of our life instead that instead should not be regulated within this. And even freedom, you might say, is almost by definition non-political because freedom, if you conceive of it as like a freedom from, right, so a negative freedom, like you can't actually be free from the the whole right like this yeah. is the whole thing we started on from yeah, yeah i don't know again it's hard because it's difficult to see this with other eyes right because in in the eyes of most people if i tell you what well, what what is the goal of, of politics what is the goal of, of a state of a government they will tell you is to make a just society to make right, sure right. That, that we're safe to make sure that everybody you know is respected and judged fairly think of the courts and stuff like that mm-hmm. right but then again, I always wonder if this is just out of the scope of this. Mm. It's not. And with liberty, it's interesting because while it is true that if you want, when we talk about negative freedom, things seem to go in the direction that you describe. When we think about positive freedom instead, that seems to be a completely political enterprise, mm-hmm. right? Because it requires the, the system to, to do a thing. They, yes, it's, it requires the interpretation of everyone's will in order to achieve um, this ultimate goal, which is freedom, liberty, and whatever it is. Which is not a given. No. Okay. So It's what we should have. So, okay, then what what is the goal of the quote-unquote political then? Because is, is, the only options I see left... Because probably the common view is exactly what you said. It has something to do mm-hmm. with uh, freedom or at least balancing freedom with the things you want to achieve, uh, justice, equality, whatever your notion of that is, um, punishment, crime deterrence, mm-hmm. um, allowing you to do things you wouldn't be able to do outside of the political. Yeah. So if it's none of those things, I see two options. One option is... Merely to preserve the system, so the Thrasymachus view. Yeah. Like the goal of the political is merely to ensure the continuity of the political. The political. B, there is no goal. goal. Or C, there is a goal that we haven't mentioned. <laughs> that is the other one. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, I think that at least partially, A is true. Meaning that any system of any sort, either biological or not, has embedded in it the fact that it needs to perpetuate. We made it in a way that you need to this thing keeps on needs to be needs to keep on existing. Otherwise that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um I definitely hope that is not B, that there is no goal to this as in fact, I do think that it has a goal. Um, I think the goal is to regulate the the relationship amongst groups and amongst people within the group. That's the goal. Regardless of whether the regulations involve freedom or justice yes. or whatever. It's just any sort of regulation there if you want. Okay. That's what politics does. I'm not saying that this is what we should want, but this is what politics does. And I think that in a sense, Hobbes was right that also politics has this this feature that is to kind of expand 
the the longer the the political is in place, the larger is its scope. Hmm. So at the beginning, maybe you know to use his examples, politics is there to regulate things that have to do with my immediate safety. I politics regulates the physical relationship between people, meaning that it dictates what can I what I can do to you and what you can do to me. Mm-hmm. So I cannot kill you, I cannot torture you. Uh, take the stuff. I cannot take your stuff, but I can buy stuff from you or sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. That is all allowed. At the beginning, maybe it's just that. And then it becomes, and by the way, I cannot also sleep with your wife. Mm-hmm. And then, by the way, if you do this, you get punished also, right? And by the way, I cannot... Um, make you work for me for 15 hours a day. And by the way, uh, you cannot decide what to do if you get pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have to do this or you have to do that. And by the way, there's certain things that you cannot say. And but you know, and so and on. And it just so keeps, on. keeps growing. It keeps on growing to the point that almost all interactions are regulated to the point that um, to the point that there are certain things that might seem uh, overreaching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of this that seems overreaching might not be, right? There are ways in which you look at it and might wait a minute. You know, maybe this is not truly overreaching, but other things definitely are. I want to say there are things that are that we all feel probably that that's too much. So regulation. I'm trying to think if there's uh, like related concepts. Uh, one obviously is restriction. Yes. Uh, one is like rectification. Mm. In other words, like a regulation seems to be, at least in theory, not a mere limitation for the sake of it, but a limitation in order to correct for some mistake or to prevent some, some perceived bad or worse thing from happening. Does that seem to be right to you? So you're saying there are laws. So the first thing was like laws that prevent us from doing bad things. Mm-hmm. And then there are laws that correct bad things that come out of the laws that we have had before. Yes. And either way, they're not for the sake of themselves. It's always to – this is where Aristotle comes back. It is for the sake of the quote-unquote good. Ye- I would say the perceived good. Yes, because he says at like it's one of the first passages in Nicomachean Ethics that the good is that which all seeks, and that is the aim of politics. Yeah. But I think that if I have to amend Aristotle, I would say of mm-hmm. the perceived good. Sure, because like who knows what the good is? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually thinking in practical terms, right? The justification. Um, every dictator justifies yep. all the things that he or she makes. We have female dictators do we have female dictators because otherwise i can say just he <laughs> <laughs> one um nothing's coming to mind neither uh, the only thing i am thinking of what's her name evita peron but she was the wife of the guy of the of the real dictator in argentina i don't even i don't know forget my americanness is showing for, forgive my my oldness um so I think that every dictator's move uh, 
is I'll do what's best for you all. Mm -hmm. This is the good. And if you only knew better, you will see that this is the good. Yep. So the move is always, the political moves are always justified by the perceived good or the perceived freedom or the perceived uh, economic benefit. And this is this is Socrates in the Mino, right? Like no one does bad things knowingly. They do a thing that they think is good, but is actually bad. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, I'm a dictator. I want to keep in power. Mm-hmm. So I'll do what's best for me. And I'll tell you that's also best for you. Mm. But I think that the Socrates thing is important, right? Because in that case, think of what that implies, right? That implies really that if there is a group of people that we deem more qualified mm-hmm. uh, because they're smarter, because they are more learned, because they have more knowledge, um, because they're enlightened, then they can coerce everybody else to do things that they don't want to do just because they know that that's the good. To the point that Mill, I believe, says, well, there's something we can force somebody to get off a bridge if we know that the bridge is falling, mm-hmm. because if they knew what we know, they will do it too. Yeah, it's like anyone in a quote-unquote reasonable yes. state of mind would also want this same thing. Exactly, right? So, but And that is what we think sometimes. But I'm wondering if, you know, is that a good... I think that leads inevitably to disaster. Uh, that's an interesting question. Like, could that ever... Are there universals that aren't controversial that we would be like, no, no, this is all... I don't know, because again... Well, I think of a couple that people might be like, oh, well, obviously, murder, like cold-blooded murder, or uh, theft, at least theft from people who are affected deeply by the theft. But then again, for murder, right? Mm-hmm. What if the group of you know, intellectuals or um, pull political heads or whatever it is, mm-hmm. just people that allegedly know more, and let's assume that they know more, they tell you, listen, we need to cold blood murder these people because if we don't... <laughs> for the sake of the good. For the sake of the good because otherwise these people can organize mm-hmm. and destroy our way of being, right? Think of drone strikes when we take out mm-hmm. people that we perceive as being bad before they do anything bad. Mm-hmm. That's technically murder i know that we think of it as self-defense but still it is murder um so even that absolute is kind of and i think what i was saying is it's hard and it's i think inevitably goes towards disaster is that for the simple reason that instead of this way of thinking instead of producing more autonomy if you want he ends up producing like absolute heteronomy if you want meaning that Instead of making people more free and uh, more independent, it ties these people to some sort of a hypothetical, rational way of being mm-hmm. that, that you're supposed to follow. And if you don't understand, it's just you don't understand it, but it's there. So, and, then, and everybody can come out with, with... If I come out with a specific way in which I think justice works... And I tell you that you need to give up all sorts of stuff to enforce this general justice. And when you protest that this means changing your way of life in a way that you don't like, then I tell you, no. If you were reasonable, Mm -hmm. 
you would think exactly the same thing that I'm thinking, but you are just guided by passions right now, guided by a tradition, guided by your greediness. But if you were really rational, you would understand that that is the case. So what I, um, what I hear from this is all the things you said seem to involve control. In a sense, yes. Slash authority. And some authority does these things less. Some authority does these things more. You could say maybe some are more rightful, some are less rightful. Um, it, and if that's the case, uh, my mind automatically goes back to, aren't we just talking about force again? Mm -hmm. Because it seems like authority or control isn't an issue if it's all like a voluntary agreement. Um, that, that was one thing that I was thinking. Uh, another thing I was thinking is like, could we... So then the more the way that you perceive as the narrow way to define politics is the force thing. Mm -hmm. I still see that happening. But if we're going to go the broader route, it seems to be something like a social organization for the sake of a product perceived to be positive. That's what politics does? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm wondering if... So it is... Yes, it is... Uh, field if you want or whatever an organization that is that is comes into existence the moment we start organizing ourselves as a group as a specific group mm -hmm. so there is no politics if it's a, a mob as no politics right. it needs an organization right and this organization dictates one way or another the relationship that we have with each other or with other groups as well. Mm -hmm. For a, a telos. For a telos. To, to obtain something, to get something, definitely. Okay. And can be as basic as function, making sure that the market works well, mm -hmm. as going to uh, universal justice, whatever, you, whatever we want. And I think that what we need to talk about eventually is this, the relationship that there is between this and the, the situation where two groups have different mm -hmm. uh, goals and maybe goals that go uh, one against the other, right? Um, that, you know, and see if this is, if what happens in those cases is still part of politics or not. When this, when the the, the cooperation seems to break. Mm. So, so when there's this transition between quote-unquote peace. Yes. I put it in quotes because it could be actual peace or just a false peace whatever yeah. you want to call it um but that thing and dot 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 war, war exactly so we're gonna we're gonna need to talk about that i guess all right we'll do war in the next episode we'll see you guys all right see you